Hello everybody and welcome to Tapping the Flow. This is the very first episode of this podcast series by yours truly, Stephen William Hodd. Who am I, you might ask? (laughs) I am a singer-songwriter who is based in Brighton in the UK. I started this podcast to dive into what creativity means to me and what it can mean to you. So we can all sort of uh, imbibe some information and throw it into our creative practices. You don't have to be a creative person, you can be anybody. I think creativity is something that we should all be able to avail of in our daily lives. For the first episode, I spoke to a very good friend of mine, singer-songwriter Damien Flynn. Myself and Damien, oh, we've known each other for a long, long time. We've enjoyed many a sobnabulant walk through the darkened streets of Hackney at midnight with bags of cans, uh, but no longer. <laughs> we are now currently drinking tea. Damien had just returned from a 10-day Vipassana retreat. And to pierce his lovely bubble of silence, we dove right into it with a conversation about what it meant to get to that state in the first place and what it means to get out of it. But before we get into that, here is a little teaser from Damien's latest EP, Build on Build. There's a ride, there's a ride, and I'm standing in its seat. There's a stone, there's a stone, clawing at my feet, and there's an old wind that blows. Caffeine or? It's very low in caffeine. Okay. And I accidentally bought green tea the other day and it, I you. can't drink it anymore. I mean, you were having so much green tea last time I saw you. I, I do really enjoy it. And if I'm moving away from like vast amounts of coffee, it's a great step in the right direction. Yeah. Towards herbal teas. Yeah, it's funny, man. But it is full of caffeine and it's not so soft on the stomach either. So, yeah. It's not soft on the stomach. I find with white tea, I can get up in the morning and uh, I can drink it and I feel pretty good for the day. You know, I don't feel yeah. destroyed. Yeah, Whereas with the green tea, it's it's almost like it's, it's like a chasing something. I can't handle it. I used to be able to. And then my friend in, informed me the other day that I could never drink. And now I realize that was probably true, actually. Yeah. I used to drink a lot, but I could never handle it. But that's it because it creates, when you're not drinking much of it, you realize what it is actually doing. And it's a caffeine hit for your head, but also your stomach gets this kind of, aggressive like you said it's chasing something or it's it's kind of turning over a bit too fast and yeah. looking for something else so yeah they do say that there is a there's almost like a brain like uh, entity for your stomach yeah I mean there's a lot of bacteria it's not thinking for itself but it knows what it wants so if certain bacteria is taking over in your stomach or your liver or yeah yeah it's going to be asking for what might be the wrong food for you and the right food for it so like the, wheat does that a lot to people yeah if you have an over yeah over what does system. it do what do you think wheat does what does it do? What, what does it do to people like uh, that they're unaware of? I think it's just the fact that the grain has changed so much in the last 200 years. Your body's 
aren't able to process it as much. Yeah. So it's apparently it's two to three to four times the size it used to be. So therefore it's in our colon. So if you have too much things in your body that are not processed, they will lie in the cracks or in the folds of like your colon, inside your stomach if it's not processed. Mm-hmm. When your body has too much of that, it starts saying no when it sees more of it. So people become allergic to it. And that can happen over quite a slow period of time. So you become a little bit allergic to it. So it can make people tired or whatever. Because your body's kind of shutting down some processes to put more effort into something yeah. it needs to do. Yeah. Do you think there's a, a sense with that that it creates layers upon layers so it becomes normal for you and then you have to peel off the layers? Also that, yeah. You become very used to yourself. I don't know. I remember thinking years ago as a teenager, like on TV you'd see when I was still living at mum's, yeah, you know, some crap program where they just showed you how they would change a pet's behavior from very aggressive to very passive and enjoyable and loving and could then love the kids and interact better. And the main thing was diet. And I was mm-hmm. just thinking, well, surely angry people or tired people or, you know, we at that time, certainly it's changed a lot. And maybe that's the whole self-affirming echo chamber where you just migrate more and more towards people who think the same as you and repeat that in your life. But I am way more aware of food and people around me seem to be than when I was, say, growing up in Ireland or moved to England. Yeah. In terms of diet just being what you ate. Yeah. Like most of it wasn't even real food by the time we were in the 90s, you know, so. So in you, because obviously you moved from Ireland to England when you were 14. Was there a significant... We swapped. We swapped. We went, we crossed over in the air. Yeah. Was there um, a significant change in your diet when you landed in England? Not at all, because I was, it was my 14th birthday. So I was still just living with Mao and she would cook pretty much the same stuff. Yeah. I don't think historically the diet... Is so different. I guess Ireland held on to its, you know, the more poor farmer's diet of Europe longer than England would have done. It did. I met this guy the other day. He said to me, um, he was talking about Irish people maybe eating sheep's eyeballs or something like that. I was like, I haven't really heard of that, but that maybe that happens. Yeah. But he said he met this Irish guy who said, I bought this unbelievably expensive cut of meat and then he was going to boil it. I was like, oh my God, man. But that's it, because you have the pot that your grandmother left you or whatever, so yeah. Yeah. You just stick it on. But then Ireland is a place for cuisine now, like Cork is really famous for amazing that's fish right. and different dishes and yeah, so things do change. Ireland's been always, always about the sea, seafood yeah. and the beef, of course, yeah. 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 But going back to your point is that people end up getting used to themselves as certain characters or having certain energies or certain even thought processes or speed of thought patterns or anything. Yeah. And it can be very much changed by diet or sleep pattern or quite small things that often people don't step back to get perspective on until they're very ill or until something really makes them do it as well. You're you're obviously hyper aware of this because you have to be very careful what you eat. But you know the degrees to which you can go and sort of second guess or... Still learning all the time. Yeah. 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 I mean, I had a good drink about four weeks ago because I was leaving Porto and a few friends there for a while. That's not why I obviously wanted to as well. Like, it was a choice. Um, yeah. Yeah, so on that point, I gave up alcohol completely about four years ago for two years. Yeah. And then have a completely different relationship with it since. And it's much lighter and it's an easy thing and it's not, it's not an excuse for anything and it's not an answer for anything. But I'm very aware of that. Like, it never was either, but... I'm so tempted to have a drink, man, you know. Really? Just Yeah. I I'd just like often I'd, or generally. I think it's the 
it's the thought that perhaps it's available to me now without becoming dependent upon it. Yes. But the yes. fear of the dependency is enough to put me off it for now. And but I love wine. Like I, I, I love, I'd love a good glass of wine. Yeah. I like something nice, something very tasty, and you know, I find old bottle of Bordeaux would be good, or two or be three. Incredible. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a danger, one yeah. is nice, but then. But I, I, I have yeah. found so the the reason for the the inquiry is that I found that. Um, the less stuff that I take, the more sensitive I get to things. To the point now that even green tea fucks me up. Yeah. So now I have to sort of medicate myself with white tea. I think we all need something. It but you're noticing it again, aren't you? It's, it's that stepping back to think what is it as you take off the, the green layers. tea is giving me, or what was I looking for from it? Or yeah, you are replacing something else at that point. Like yeah, yeah, you want caffeine. You want. We were very good at accepting drugs in our bodies, like our, you know. Maybe I was never dependent, but as behavioral pattern, it was pretty consistent that I would be taking stuff. And that turns into coffee or chocolate or Mm -hmm. it's still this, you're not in control of your own mind. And then, yeah, your stomach and your body makeup also want certain things if you're giving it to them. Like, you know, if somebody has sugar dependency or, yeah, yeah, the body is very good at creating those needs in itself. And if you're not in control of your own mind, which is something we're never taught in Western culture, really especially with growing up. It's probably what we need more than anything else is to have some respect for that. I would think so, yeah. Some some of it, uh, some uh, idea of the availability of it. Yeah. Um, I have certainly found through meditation that a version of that appears to me. Yeah. Now you've done, this is the first time you've done the Vipassana, right? The yes, yeah. 10 days. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. So was it 10 days of... Vipassana uh, is interesting, yeah. So you, you cannot learn the technique, apparently, as far as I know, without going to... A center, which is in England at least, they look like kind of, you know, repurposed farms. I guess They're, yeah, yeah. There's outbuildings that you sleep in, but they've built a new meditation hall. But the technique is you turn up on day zero, and then they have a program from one day one until day ten, and then you leave on day eleven. So the ten days are from four a.m. until nine thirty p.m. Yeah, of of this progression of learning the technique. I guess yeah. I've heard that. People have become new and better, having spent so much time in. Yeah, in, is it inner confinement? Are you confined, or it's, are you? It's, yeah, open. So, so part of the part of the the technique or the program of the ten days, the initiate the initiation thing, and people within this room are back for the second time or the third time, or there right. Is, yeah, we talked about this before. The microphones of continuity of practice is what it's called in this teacher's wording but we were saying that about music or about creativity mm-hmm. or any skill you want to be mm-hmm. good at you're going to hit peaks or troughs or have genius ideas at times or not or where they're going to come from but yeah. continuity of practice is important if anything's ever going to happen basically yeah and that's what it's very much about but it's within the 10 days there are parameters that you need to stick by and one is silence so it's silence as in monks but you're physically not interacting with people either. So you're not looking in the eye. You're not assessing how they're feeling. You're supposed to be just turning your energies inwards for once. Like we live in an individualist society on one level, but it's all outward looking and consumerist. It's not really aware of the individual that's partaking in the Mm -hmm. society that's being placed before it. It's just becoming part of that society is the main drive of school and, you know, an education of unaware parents. Yeah, often with a sort of ulterior motive to sort of actuate some form of tax paying or 
benefiting exactly. the other kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that in the meditation that you were more vocal with yourself? Or is that also something that is negated by the meditation? Well, I'm not really sure what brought me to want to go on this particular technique, Vipassana, and I didn't know about it very much. There was something around telling me I should do it, and I yeah. researched where I could do it, and I just set up, you know, you have to apply, and then they give you a place, and I just went to it. So actually, I learned what the technique was while there. I had no idea what it would be. Mm-hmm. So there's no visualization and no vocalization. I don't know how deep we want to go into it here, but the technique I'd is, like to go is, deep into it, actually, yeah, as much as technique. you're allowed to go. Is it because I, I do transcendental meditation and you're not really allowed to tell anybody what your mantra is? Yes, exactly. Um, because you might undermine. Yeah. The I mean, in a general sense, there is a lot of meditation available to people now if they want yeah. to try it. With respect to the boundaries, yeah. I'd like to know more about it, I think. The boundaries, so this technique is part of a whole wider teaching, which includes morality. And it's about observing yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. As soon as you said the word meditation earlier, actually you used the word aversion. And the whole thing is based on aversion creates a sensation in your body, as does craving. So you have two opposites, really. You're, You're avoiding things, but that's creating an energy inside you. And you are craving things. So... I don't know, an example of a rich person buying the best car they can possibly buy. They will still want the next model when it comes out and the next one and the next one because the craving as a sensation is not satisfied by the purchase. The purchase is an external thing. Your craving is an internal sensation that you've learned to enjoy. But it's not actually satisfied by you know, the apparent completion of the craving. It the craving is a sensation. Yeah. And it's a separate thing to what you do with it. So the whole idea... And that is deemed as negative as an avoidance sensation, which, I don't know, traditionally I would have thought was a more negative thing. But as soon as you think about it, craving creates just as much illness in your body as aversion and avoiding things. Sure. And if you can't fulfill something, then it's a, well, it's like climbing a mountain that you never reach the top of. Yeah. Um, and there's no way down. So yeah, yeah. I you used I, that great phrase to me about a year ago, saying digging a hole to climb a mountain. Yeah, and I think we're doing that for a lot of our lives without realizing. Even when we think we're trying to be proactive, we haven't an idea of like that. Say that independence of our own mind. We're never taught that. We're always looking out. So yeah. Yeah, there was a that's something that was put to me that that awareness of this moment and the unique uniqueness of this moment. Yeah. That's kind of all you really need if you yeah. have that. Like when we were on the mountain in Ireland, when the mist, we were in the mist and that, we had that moment. Yeah. We didn't ask for that. It didn't come looking for us. It just was. And then you are in that moment, like when it's yeah. an intense, specific moment and there's lots of sensations that you are aware of, you're really there. You don't need anything else. No. You are totally satisfied. Yeah. So if you could yeah. be as well as that all the time it it's be hard because like in transcendental meditation i find myself chasing that yeah. and, and the very act of chasing is what you're talking about yeah. trying to uh, trying to you're craving something yeah, i mean you're not in the present you're either in the past or the future and very often if you look at your mind or get some perspective on what your mind is doing it's in the past and a situation and then projecting a conversation about that to somebody else in the future yeah and just the present isn't even yeah. being recognized at all it's amazing so have you now learned to find awareness of the moment through this? Not through this necessarily, no. This is really about being aware that... So it comes from the original teachings of Buddha, of the Buddha that we know, 
but mm-hmm. it is actually just a word for enlightened person. Mm-hmm. But all around the world, the teachings were preserved in the form of the words that he spoke. But in just in Burma, the technique of his meditation was also preserved. And that's what's come back out in this Vipassana technique of meditation. Yeah. But it's basically, you are aware of your aversions and your cravings, but you come to observe them rather than like or dislike them. Yes. Yeah. And, and once not you start judge doing yourself. that within your body, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, it's, it's hardly even about yourself. But you're transcending, though, the limitations of what being human is now about as well. But you're only paying attention to the actual real sensations in your own body. So it's very interesting in that respect. Does it take... Which is why it's completely per- a personal experience. Sure. And the silence of the 10 days is... Some of it is about that too, because if you started saying... <gasps> What did you feel? What do you get? Or where are you? Or all those things. But it's, it's interesting because it's not going to a specific situation of hurt or angst or anger or, you know, or a specific current situation that's causing you any distress. It's going into your body and looking at the sensations and observing them. And the idea is that older, like, more well-formed sensations that you've repeated behaviors will come up. The more you observe yourself and the more you observe them, they then kind of float away. And you're really getting rid of those behaviors and, you know, reactions instead of thoughtful. Yeah. What are you left with? In the end, you're left with realizing that everything you think and do by the, by its own volition is already causing an energy within you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're giving out to somebody. So pre-language or pre-visualization, you are creating an energy. And we're all made of that energy. So the idea of Buddha's enlightenment is that he knows that everything is made of just wavelengths. And apparently whatever he's written down is that he, or whatever was written from his oral gatherings, is that he knew, you know, what the depths of science is learning now in terms of how much a wavelength flashes every second. Vibration. Yeah. But everything is that. So then you are very keenly aware that creating a negative thing is hurting you and then that's what you're going to be in tune with you know? do yeah and th- th- this is that's a very powerful thing to know but it's very hard to know at what level your subconscious how much power your subconscious has over your energy awareness yeah and what you're drawing to yourself did you get near that well the idea is that you're not looking to ask the subconscious that's why i'm saying it isn't vocal so you're not looking to ask your subconscious anything mm-hmm. or to find the things that you're thinking about that have you know the reasons a sensation are stored say or the reason i will react you know they say like we just had christmas right so we're talking right now between christmas and new year and they tell you if you are if you consider yourself almost enlightened go and spend two weeks at home for christmas you know, yeah. because, because they're the oldest hardest things that are so burned in from when we're like you know childhood teenagers yeah all those things so then you react to you know your brother or your mom or whatever the situation you're remembering that time when you were seven when your brother threw something at your head you know exactly yeah, and you haven't worked it out yet it's just a sensation that you now react to so so the, so the vipassana yeah. it actually you can be as aware of that as you want but it's you're separated from that it's you don't a, need it, that it doesn't it's over there yeah that has caused a sensation within your body that you now react to or you have a, a liking for or a disliking for equally yeah bad, bad for you yeah, so yeah. you're not approaching those issues at all, which is really interesting. And so, yet people come out with this completely yeah, changed perspective of compassion, basically. It's 
it's it? it's very hard to I guess it's very hard to, to even know what that's like exactly so or, that's the thing it is just a completely personal experience and the way you will experience your own sensations won't necessarily relate to the person next to you sure um, yeah I mean people do have emotional turbulence comes up into their bodies even when they do go through that but not very many to be honest it's, a, it's actually quite similar to the diet thing uh, stripping away the layers until you're actually quite pure and then you realise that the smallest thing or something which wouldn't have affected you before will affect you starts affecting you yeah. and it's the same with this and you really are stripping yourself back to just essence yeah exactly essence, uh, yeah. unadulterated essence yeah. un- and, bec- and becoming more aware that you're just part of everything else or made of the same things like there are no solid structures yeah there are no yeah reasons for you to react you know you you yeah built those in from behaviors and societal things so. yeah hence perspective will change everything you know yeah. how you see things and how one person will react completely differently to the same to the same situation yeah because of their what they perceive as conditioning yeah yeah which is why alongside the technique itself there's a whole morality yeah so being, it was essential to learn the, the morality time. before you dived into the, the technique itself it was kind of run in in you know it was tangential to what was going on so the mm. course is run as this main teacher Genka has proposed his courses so we were listening to and there was an hour and 15 minutes discourse every evening that we would watch on video of that teacher running a 10-day course yeah so we were experiencing his course were you allowed to speak at that time no silence is that's it yeah you register on day zero and then silence starts that evening conditional silence yeah yeah you can talk to there is a teacher yeah and there is every day there's a time you sign a piece of paper to say I want to go and speak to the teacher and you can ask questions and then there are two course managers for you know I don't know my bed is wet or whatever yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know if there's a problem you can go and speak about that but and in the first few days that's that's difficult in itself as an empathic person who's interested in other people yeah just being in a canteen with like it's also split male female actually completely so okay yeah that's and they're bigger courses than i would have imagined so there was maybe 170 people in the meditation hall when it was full and the course is run by volunteers because that's also part of the whole morality thing is giving um people come back and they do a 10-day course working in the kitchen or doing maintenance yeah all these things it's incredible i just have this image of people on an underground train and it's like (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's complete silence you know and it's so strange in an underground train although it becomes quite normal not to talk to a person sitting next to you you know and not to physically interact with your eyes or your mind yeah yeah, it's such a veil isn't there holding your space yeah But, but this is 10 days of being like i said it was about 80 of each sex yeah when it was full but like generally hanging out with about 50 people yeah but in terms of being around those people within just you know it's like a school canteen environment or something but you know there's four toilets there are four showers wow you're you're always interacting with these people you're holding the door open for them you're you're, but you're not (laughs) ever looking them in the eye and you're trying not to work out how they're experiencing this thing which is you know for people who haven't done it before for first time it's 11 and a half hours of meditation each day from day one yeah like it's 4 a.m. And yeah. Do you wake up before? Yeah, there's a gong at 4 a.m. And the first thing is 4.30 to 6.30 is meditation before breakfast. It must be weird to wake up to silence like that. Do you, do you find it's Beautiful, like, though, yeah. because obviously we have different ways of communicating. We, we, we have, first we have our language and we have, then we have our eyes. Yeah. And now you're obviously robbed of those two things. Uh, you're probably aware of some other form of communication. You are. And then if you consider yourself having been aware of other people all your life and interested in 
understanding people's energies or you know you you learn to know who you want to interact with or not and yeah but it's amazing how much silence robs you of those skills in itself because you can consider you might know what this person is like because they're walking around in a certain way or mm-hmm. but actually everyone's on a particular journey at that point mm-hmm. also so you don't know what they're thinking or going through and then you know everyone starts speaking on the afternoon of day 10 and it's, it's quite a shock <laughs> in wow. fact at that moment so we left one of the yeah at a certain time the silence was broken as we left the meditation hall and everyone just started not everyone but it's it felt like it yeah you know breaking into kind of laughter and oh wow jovial things it just didn't seem to fit the moment for me at all so yeah i I took myself so part of the centers is there's a woods to walk around and stuff i just headed to the woods again on my own for a little bit before i could begin that i can't like it's one thing being silent but having it broke must be very strange yeah yeah because you almost get you, you get used to that, obviously, and you want to respect that a bit more. You ease yourself out of it and respect the journey that you've had a little bit more than just having to laugh about it in a frivolous way with people, just because it's yeah. Eight people can't suddenly tell each other what journey they've had, so you, you tell the jokiest, funniest part first, or yeah, you know, that kind a, of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's so superfluous. There's a performance again straight away after yeah, all of this. That's an interesting thing. It's it's a performance. Does that make you think that everything is a performance then? To some degree, in, in compared to where you've been. Um, I guess I've always known that because with yourself, we've had this struggle for years and years of who we are and what is performance and what is... Yeah. Especially because what we'd like to do does entail some actual performance at times. But yeah, you have to consider yeah. your reaction to moving to Ireland at that age or mine to England or... Yeah. Some behaviours you haven't really considered why you develop them or where they're from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's um. So yeah, I think until you are Buddha, it it is a performance. It's oh damn. <laughs> yeah. But now you've got to slowly seep back into performance. Do you, did you find yeah, uh, there was much internal dialogue though? It's interesting. So the technique itself is actually taught on the. It's mentioned on, the end of day three to begin on day four. So three and a half days you okay. are, and you can read about this. So it's okay to mention this too. Uh-huh. You're focusing on your breath, your natural breath through your nose mm-hmm. for three and a half days, pretty much. Out your mouth? And becoming more sensitive. So in and out nostrils. Yeah. Oh, I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. And then focusing on a smaller and smaller, smaller area of that. Yeah. And your mind becoming more and more aware. So you're training your mind to focus on a very small place. So then you can scan your whole body for all of these sensations, is the idea. That's that's interesting. Is it because there's a friend of mine who. Um, he's more involved in the Hindu side of things, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of similar, I guess, but meditation is contemplation. It, true meditation is something vastly different when after 40 or 50 years of being a yogi in the, yeah, and, and uh, training yourself to firstly uh, identify all of your ways of feeling, all your sensations, cleansing your entire body of anger or anything like that, going to yoga, eventually doing the yoga postures, you know, this kind of thing. And then, getting to a state where every single atom in your body is aligned and calm only at that point can you truly meditate exactly and this is the thing we have such an abuse of culture in a way in our western beautiful sense of selves Mm. i didn't even want to call it a retreat which is what it is because that just brings up ideas Uh, of you know 
leotard yoga <laughs> selfies you know on a nice island which is great in itself and people really need that yeah. also because our society doesn't offer those things well so. it's like religious isn't it people do tend to need that as well you know it's a community solace. there's community, community in itself yeah. and it's both yeah. lost in in consumerism unfortunately so yeah 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 so people yeah we need something for sure so so now you've done you've done this would you do it again the idea is that it's an ongoing experience yeah for sure so the yeah. suggestion is one hour in the morning one hour in the evening and if you can give one of those courses each year maybe yeah even yeah are you doing it now in the morning and the evening i'm doing it now but also i didn't get as far as i thought i would with the technique at the time yeah i had a particular experience and it was quite blocked for a few of the days to be honest i think it's healthy though for it to be blocked you go with it that's the thing you know i just then that sentence was about to be negative <laughs> the way I was forming it in my mind in that it's difficult not to achieve something and it's difficult not to become great at something because I don't know we would all like to yeah you talk about the sensations and being yeah at one with the world or whatever but yeah I had a very different experience and I didn't progress very far in that sense but obviously I had my own journey to take and I progressed in that sense so yeah and it's the acceptances everything in that sense yeah because you can't so, go into it wanting to achieve something because yeah. that's not you that's wanting to achieve it's a, the other part of you yeah that you're trying to get rid of but in terms of the teaching i just can't find much fault at all with it it's it's very individual it's yeah anti-sectarian you know jesus would have hated the church buddha would not have liked buddhism you know there's no ritual there's no congregation trying to pretend something that doesn't exist yeah and also it's about an it internal personal experience so yeah that then integrates you better with the energy that we all have and that the whole universe has in that sense you described it as an infallible technique is that i mean i was yeah by text to you afterwards yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i thought there was something maybe something behind that but then that wouldn't that was that was just throwing up a, an exaggeration on purpose but it's just an amalgamation considering i don't really know why i was drawn to that yeah. idea or where i don't know if it was suggested to me yeah, like yourself, I've, I've messed with a couple of forms of meditation. There, there are journeys. There's people I like online that I would listen to. Yeah. I would do it myself on my own, but very sporadically, not with much continuity of practice, as sure. you were saying. So I'm not sure what brought me there. And then to find that it was a very close amalgamation of all the things I'm interested in, in morality, in love, in, you know, what God or Jesus would represent to people in mm-hmm. our language and our culture you know, mm-hmm. not not as entities themselves no but um, yeah and also right down to the science of the universe that i'm that i try and keep up with on a layman's level like it's it's incredible it's you know pilot wave theory or all of these things it's it's all right there already what's that ah that's yeah pilot wave theory another podcast i guess pilot wave theory is a possible response to yeah, parallel universes, I guess. So in quantum mechanics, firing, you know, neutrino, I don't know what the smallest thing even is. Neutrino. Layman's terms, as right. I said. No, when you fire things and it, you know, it goes in impossible two directions to hit the same place or, you know. Yeah. There's this thing where things exist in parallel universes. Yeah, yeah. Pilot wave shows another reason that might happen. Yeah. Yeah, so things, uh, so things on- have an energy and a wave around them. And this causes the movement, but yeah, it's a, it's um yeah. I've I've read Brian Greene's book on multi multiverses and things like that. There right. was there yeah. were seven ways he described that there could be multiverses. I don't think he mentioned that one, but 
it, it's a theory that comes and goes. It just interested me in its simplicity a while ago. It's um, it's it's yeah. all all vibration. When you get down to the string theory, there's string also theory vibration, is isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's it's very hard to sort of get across what that means, but to each their own. But it's a very powerful concept. Yeah, quantum entanglement. Like there's some yeah beautiful things that really resonate. Like yeah, they resonate. They're vibrations. They are yeah. But when you look at the world as I think you also do, mm. it just becomes very true that we are that and we're acting on those levels just as much. Yeah. As well, I think I did say to you before when I came back from Ireland, I was traveling on the bus from Stansted to London and I couldn't get over the fact that everything was becoming atoms around me. Like it seemed that everything was falling apart and becoming one, but also it was quite yeah. scary. Although that is a way to see things. But it is. And that was, I guess... You know, when you go through something that is very meaningful to you, positive or negative, you, your conscious becomes more aware than your subconscious for a while, which is great. And at that point, you were coming out of nature. Like, the nature in the southwest of Ireland is so... Mm -hmm. Like, your term of savage acoustic for your recordings is mm -hmm. is based on that. It's so real and it's so yeah. fierce and beautiful at the same time. And then to land back in Stansted and into London, you know, it's it's all construct and it's human construct. Yeah, but it would just break down to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Or even being amongst amongst cars and 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 seeing the poison in the air and stuff, and and seeing the cars break down, and even people. Yeah. And then coming so, into north, you know, the north of London as you get into yeah, yeah. Although that you know that that's, that and, that that soup has a particular potency to it that's quite attractive as well. Uh, I think it was more about the the fact that sometimes things will just break down into the constructs of the minutest part. And we become aware of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is all they are. That's the thing. It's yeah. all they are. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing different. This is all. Yeah. This room is a construct of that nature, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do and the terminology within the Vipassana was interesting because it was, yeah. you know, you don't have pain and you don't have wonderful delight. You have solidified gross sensations is the biggest thing you can have. You know, you have sensations and then you have, we would say, deeper or more fixed sensations that you need to allow to come up and let go of because everything's just made up of these tiny parts of wavelengths that... Yeah. yeah. We feed pain, you know. Pain pain happens over there. It doesn't happen in your brain. Yeah. You allow it to come But when to you, you connect with it and really experience it in the wrong way, it's very painful. Yeah. And it, it exaggerates it. It's not going to help it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to try and observe it from a distance as a sensation is quite healthy as well. Mm -hmm. Did you find it... It has helped your music quest in any way so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm a few days out of this course and I've just spent Christmas with my family with very little music sure. playing. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't seen my own guitar yet or anything. Hard to but tell. But just in, in clarity. Also just, it was a very full-on timetable, but there were walks in the woods and mm -hmm. things. And that's time we don't give ourselves sometimes, living in cities and things. So, yeah, things were moving around in my mind with that concentrating on them on too much mm -hmm. and I would have very clear decisions made in my head while walking around very easily so that was nice yeah so in terms of thoughts on music and you know the battle between creativity or productivity or giving it to other people in a certain way those decisions became very easy yeah and very clear right yeah. So where are you? The creativity, I haven't really tried it yet. Yeah. But but you're obviously the music you're making is the music that 
you need to make. Absolutely. And, that probably and I guess changed, I, I, you know? those thoughts were forefront at that point because I have a lot of, I have a backlog of creativity, I guess, that isn't finished mm. to production level, that is, mm-hmm. that people are going to hear. Yeah. So I have a lot of kind of the business end of things to, yeah. to get into at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. But of course that will then clear me in other ways to be creative or not. So yeah, we'll just see. Yeah. I mean, there, there are points in your life that you've taken on the creative struggle and been the embodiment of it at times, like sitting on a bench in Berlin all day with your guitar because you don't yeah. really have anywhere else to go. And yeah. And those times are amazing because, yeah, yeah, it's a podcast. So my, my life has been not dedicated to music up to now. And I'm yeah. 45. So I've gone from just a general slope away from normal career into doing more and more music because yeah. that's more and more true to me. You've derailed yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Or re-railed yourself, we should say. And derailed on purpose as well. And yeah. with a really clean heart, I guess. And really embraced it. And in that sense, a lot of... I mean, I was kind of homeless in Berlin for a while, but also I'd only been there six months and I had places to stay every day because... Partly because there are wonderful people there, but partly because I connected with those wonderful people because I was being very true to myself yeah. for a while. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the it's it's the beast, the wonderful burden, this songwriter thing. Yeah, you know, I obviously I had the same thing myself as a as a someone who's. It's a perilous position, but there's there's no other position that would really fulfil, whatever it's a desire or a need or whatever it is, is something pure about it. Yeah, it's like blood in your veins, isn't it? But you put yourself in danger. But, you know, I, I put myself in danger by choosing to make music. Yeah. But if I don't make music, I probably put myself in a lot more danger. That's where the danger really is for people like us in terms yeah. of... We're very aware that we're only here now, right? In this form. <clears throat> That's not going to last forever. No. And whether we come to believe in multiverses or, or multiple lives, you know, whatever it is, this is now. And we are this manifestation yeah and to be as true as you can to that is just very important just so you can be a good person to yourself and to people around you never mind to be the best creative person ever in the world it's not really about that that's not an achievable goal in any case because that's such a that would never be a goal but I'm just exaggerating to the point of where it comes from is we need to be true to ourselves yeah do you feel you're making progress I do yeah yeah and I don't have that goal even in terms of music I know when I'm not making music and I'm trying you know, to use the skills that I learned from age 20 onwards to make money. That doesn't suit me at all anymore. Yeah. I have to be very careful how much time I spend doing that. Yeah. But there needs to be a balance because I'm not going to make money from music for a couple of years. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But also I don't see the end goal being music. I really want to apply myself to this because of the backlog of creativity and really develop it to a point I'm proud of. But I actually think there's something else beyond that uh-huh. that I will be involved in or be giving through and I don't think it's necessarily music at all yeah. you have any idea what it might be I'll say no no cool it's kind of hovering somewhere just out of reach but I think I'm I have not, that. not looking for it because I want to apply myself also yeah, yeah. I, I I do feel that I have that and, and I think that that's more about giving something that needs to be given yeah I've fully identified what that is and, and I do tell myself that through making music there's also something being given there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think people tend to see musicians as being like almost beggars for attention. And it, that, that's not really the case at all. Like, yeah, yeah. Although 
if you look around you, you will see that it is, is a machine that does need attention, but that at the root of writing a song, there's something that wasn't there that's being born that should be given. You know, And you can end up monetizing that point of existence as well. The creativity spark can yeah. be a productivity thing instead where you are employed as a songwriter or something, which has never been my position. But yeah, maybe a musician who doesn't write songs naturally or hadn't come to it for that reason is more performance-based and is living a different kind of lifestyle. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're writing songs without thinking about money originally. Like, you know, it comes from somewhere already. That's how we're dealing with the world or that's what's coming it's, through it, us. Or Yeah, yeah. It's constantly a fucking battle, really, man, yeah. to, try to, to try to sort of like... Because I'm trying to make money from music. It's very hard to make money from music, doing your own music. But I still... There's like a there's like a, a beast running through the ocean, and I've I've managed to harpoon it somewhat, and it's it's still giving me some strength, man. It's yeah, and I feel it like it's a there is, I think surrendering to that, surrendering to whatever that means to to, to, to being. Is it falling down? Yeah. Just more tea. It's fine. I'm okay at the moment. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, Actually, do it while you're up. Yeah. Making noise on the mic. That's better. Got to slurp a bit. Perfect. Thank you. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, <clears throat> I, it's a funny one, man, because I, obviously I went to see this publisher in Berlin and uh, yes. they were all about, like, they've been sending me briefs ever since. Like, there was every week they send me a brief saying, oh, we want a song for this sort of K-pop artist or J-pop, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. And, uh, oh, what's that? Schlager music, which is German. You should know the word for this, but yeah, this is, it still makes a lot of money in Germany, so there's still people doing a lot of that new, yeah. It makes a lot of money, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's but I, I get requested to write songs for, I don't know, Beyonce or whatever, this kind of stuff. And uh, some part of me goes, yeah, you could easily do that, you know. Yeah. But for whatever reason, like, life has thrown up another publishing company who haven't given me any briefs yet, but they, they firmly love what I do, naturally. Yeah. And... Uh, they support that. So, as I said, there is still, if I follow the natural energy source, it's still quite a wild beast dragging me across an ocean. And I don't know where it's going, but it's the wave that I wanted to be on. Like I, and, and I have a family, I have a young family. Thank fuck they support me, man. But it's quite scary as well. But it is. And that's, that's when you said musicians with a begging bowl. I think also, if we do have something to give, especially as we grow a bit older now, it's to the fact that you can live in this society and still try and be yourself, whatever that entails. I don't want to go around telling teenagers to be musicians. It's nothing to do with that. No. It's to somehow become aware of yourself in this society that is just making people look outward and outward for gratification, which is never going to come. Yeah, yeah. man. For, I mean, for all the wrongs that um, various people who are now singer-songwriters have done, I mean, Ed Sheeran is one of the most successful of the decade, uh, had 17 songs at number one. Uh, the people who Almost he is simultaneously yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 70, yeah. 70, no, 70 <laughs> songs in the top 20 I should say fair play uh, it says a lot about the market itself but everything the offshoots of that it gets more and more diluted more and more shit and then you've got your um, stars in their eyes or X Factor and stuff the proliferation of, of that that desire to be heard and it's 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 a sickness in society of course uh, we separate ourselves from being part of that somehow uh, even though we maybe we seem like we are but we pay rent and we have to live and we you know we buy things and yeah think that the whole society is based on this you know ed sheeran could be the most expensive 
Hoover, that then by the time it gets down to 84% of the people, they can only afford the thing that will last for 14 months and is going to break. You know, it's people are getting sold stuff. They're getting sold a lifestyle <laughs> that's outside of them. Ed Sheeran's yeah. like Dyson, man. Lucky enough. <laughs> but yeah, he sucks. No, I mean... <laughs> yeah, Dyson and music, that doesn't work either. Like, he's just made the loudest hand dryers ever to exist. <laughs> yeah, I, while actually having okay. one of the best recording studios in the country as well. Oh, of course, from your man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I an interesting it, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there is obviously a multiverse that's purely X-Factor. The whole thing, man, you know, and then there's a singer-songwriter multiverse here, you know, we, we yeah. should try and find that. But your story is, yeah, it's more diverse than mine in terms of music, in that you are very capable of doing all these different lines of work. I can do them. But of course, they're going to impede on your energies in your other lines of output, so, yeah. Yeah, I, it's, I, do you know, as I've said before, I said I'd do them if they made money, but they haven't really made that much money, so <laughs> maybe that's it. And they take your time and energy, of course. Luckily, yeah. I, luckily I haven't been successful yet. Well, I like being the age I am, you know, 43 making music because I only, I, only at this age could I make the music that I need to make right now. I, when I was a kid, I was making music that was all right, you know, but yeah. experience, can't beat that. No, you can't beat it. And it's tough because, you know, you get to a certain age, and you, you, like you kind of go, oh shit, I just don't look the part. And, and that's kind of, I haven't really gotten beyond that, but I think it's got to be, <laughs> it's got to be brilliant, you know. But then find somebody who looks the part and then, you know. Why would you go in that route to music? And there's always somebody who comes along and breaks that myth really easily because the music is great. Or, Absolutely. Or the theatre is great. Or, of course, you know, nobody expects a theatre writer to be 20. When they are, of course, they're heralded. But at the same time, a 60-year-old is going to write something incredible, very societally aware. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that pain, all that suffering. Yeah. And oh. knowledge and experience. I am, I'm very aware of the machine, though. Um, that, that that machine that churns out hit after hit it's like there is a there's a branch of a tree and on every branch there's a leaf with little bits coming off and every little that there's a songwriter on the end of each one and yeah. uh you know only one of them is going to end up making anything the rest of them just fall off and rot yeah you know? and i've heard that described in berlin too i mean i've only been going to berlin for kind of a couple of years but yeah, people involved with labels there are just, if they have money, they're just, you know, there's 50 singles every Friday. They're just throwing out the wall and see what sticks. There's no real inherent need to produce great quality or they don't really know what's going to work. And they're not really trying to find out. They're just throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah. And one will cover the rest. Yeah. And that's all they're doing. It's very, yeah. But I think it's about finding an audience for what you want to do. But we're not even at that point. What we're talking about is the beginning of that where you're creating something yeah the energy, the energy that's available to that yeah. yeah that 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 sort of i think that that's the essence of why we do it because something flows through us when we get out of our own way or whatever it is and our processing equipment becomes pure and that's and, that's quite rare in itself right that's even that we put a lot of time to it you look yeah. back on the year and think oh wow it's in a really natural flow at that point mm. but i know when that was last year it's quite a specific couple mm. of weeks maybe or four weeks or yeah, maybe doesn't those, maybe those two periods, but did you write a lot of songs this year? A lot, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started outputting very different types of music, but very naturally, I hadn't planned it either. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always healthy. Just can, yeah, can be maddening. Um, it can be quite weird. And, yeah, uh, it's very hard when you start doing other music. It's 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 very hard to sort of be. I don't know 
able to decipher it. Um, because and you can just be very impressed with yourself having done something different. I know. And then it doesn't mean it's going to translate to anybody no, else. No, no. Yeah, you know, because I did all the stuff and I was like, this is, that sounds brilliant. Oh my God, it's so dark. Yeah. It sounds a lot like Lowe's last album. I was like, but that sounds amazing. Okay. Well, this, I'm not doing, I'm not into doing tribute. You know what I mean? It takes, it takes a special time and place to really nail that stuff. Yeah. So learning what you're good at, that's the hard part. Like, and then honing that without distraction whilst also being open to ideas. <laughs> it's a, yeah. And then trying not to formulate that initial thing into something for a particular audience. Yeah. Because that's also a distraction to the songwriting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Some that's, people are very good at that also. And I think you can do that. Yeah. I'm not very well rehearsed in attempting that, but. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I have utter respect for people who go into a room, you know, an artist, a producer and a piano player and write a hit because, mm. because they mean to. But it's just never been like that for me. That's all. Yeah. yeah, I had a problem with that when I was in I was in Maynooth, went to a songwriting week, and uh, it was like, oh, you're paired with this person, go into a room and write a song, right. and you sit down, and the other person's like, great, okay, we're gonna write a song about oh these shoes and this light bulb, and you're like, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? Give me the shoe, I'll throw it at the light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's such that that is a strange thing, and like uh, it's doable, but the chances of it being successful are very slim. But then, but then you say Max Martin, who's a songwriter from Sweden, who's who's now in LA, who's written like songs for Britney Spears, "Hit Me Baby One More Time." And okay, I don't know him. Yeah, he's the the main guy, main singer, song, main songwriter. Fucking hell, man, he's got the ability to do it. Yeah, I mean that's a great hit tune, right? I could never, I wouldn't know where to start. No, yeah, you know, they're, they're not lyrics that you would write down and keep, or I would write down and keep. No, it almost sounds like a, like a physical assault kind of song, like "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." You know, it's almost like if I was writing that song, I think it would it be. Is. A, it would. It, yeah. Is it? Well, in terms of it's borderline. Yeah. That's, if I was writing that, it would be definitely about some sort of like family violence of some kind. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Someone dies at the end, but Britney Spears is walking around in a school uniform. Or it's a it. threat. Hit me one more time. Yeah, yeah. Go on then. Bring <laughs> yeah, it on. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. If Damien Dempsey was writing, it would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so what are your goals now for... But Damien Dempsey, a clear case of uh-huh. being true to yourself. Oh, yeah. Something that, you know, on paper doesn't really seem to work. But he's just a big man with a huge heart. He's true to himself. He tells people what he thinks to a very sensitive level. Yeah. And makes people actually look at themselves and think about their own sensations, really. Yeah. Yeah, there was make, no... He just makes a lot of people cry. There wasn't which, many, which much incredible. precedent for him, for no. what he is like. It's, exactly. It's yeah, so yeah. bizarre. And his style of deliverance and everything is just, yeah. wow, yeah. Yeah, but certainly, you know, Ireland's definitely spawned some greats in that regard, you know? Very true, yeah. And so you left there at 14, but you're still massively influenced by it. Massively. I mean, my dad would listen to a lot of older Irish music, but also a lot of American folk, I think I was influenced by. Like Woody so, Guthrie and that? Yeah, Woody Guthrie, Tom Paxton. Like, not so much Dylan, actually, but yeah. Tom okay. Paxton, um, Freddie White. Uh-huh. I'm not part of that scene, but yeah, just actually this weekend I also saw my dad, and he is turning seventy in March. Yeah, and he played the guitar a lot when I was younger. Um, in terms of hobby, so he'd just cover songs, so he played guitar and sing at parties and things. But we sat down to write a list because he wants to play at his birthday. Yeah, so I've actually just re-experienced all these songs two nights ago. He's gonna play them. He will play them. Yeah, he wants me to play with him and my brother and stuff. So oh yeah, wow, nice. yeah, there'll be an an hour of live music at his birthday, which you're very welcome to come to. 
Sounds good, man. That's an invitation to Stephen, not to all listeners of the podcast. Everybody should come. <laughs> no, no, seriously. March 14th, Petersfield. Yeah. Is it? Down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What songs? The song list was these people I'm mentioning now. So a couple oh, okay, of uh, right. Tom Paxton. Um, Sorry, it's three chords. Chris Christopherson performed by Willie Nelson was one song. There's all kinds of things up there. Yeah. Wow. Willie Nelson. Cool. Yeah. Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Yeah. So you, but yeah, I was very influenced by it. And especially yeah. in terms of the voices that flourish in Ireland, they're very like deep storytelling voices. And the singing is a big part of the story yeah. and of the emotion of the song. Whereas even when I got into English folk when I was older, in terms of guitar styles like John Martin and people like this, that's a different thing entirely. Like, it's very there's, soft. There's incredible skill, incredible yeah. technique, beautiful songwriting. The lyrics are all there. It's just not this raw emotion. It's kind of a more technical, not really. It's quite technical. It is, yeah. It's quite pretty. You know, I think yeah. the Irish stuff is pretty ugly. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's so enthralling. It's like, it's, it's a, the Shane McGowan thing, isn't it? I guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or Glenn Hansford, like, there's, it's like nothing left to give, you know? Yeah. There's a Even purity in it. It's like, funny over here because I, like, I, I do see it lacking somewhat. But if you go to a, see a passenger show when he's playing live, it's like, oh my God, it's like he's been through a boxing match. Yeah. So they, it, it, like, there's nothing left to give at the end of a show. But when it comes to recording, it's a very refined Which approach. may go back to what we said earlier about performance in itself. Like performance can be, you know, a show in inverted commas where you've created a character and you've created something for stage. Yeah. But then people like, yeah, Mike and Passenger or Glenn Hansard mm-hmm. are just giving entirely themselves yeah. to the audience. And with an energy from the audience in return, which is the That's incredible the thing, about thing man. Music. Yeah. Yeah. When you can do that, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whereas I often see performance as something shiny that steps back from integrating with the audience. You know, it's a. Bonnie Prince Billy is a proponent of having created someone and then acting because yes. he's, he's an actor. Yeah. Even though it comes across as incredibly like, wow. It's totally acted. The whole fucking thing is like a, it's a panto, man. Yeah. You know? I remember him so much. And I just, yeah, another late night film one night years and years ago. And he's in this weird hiking film. Like, <laughs> Where he takes LSD take, with this guy. Is the yeah, one. and they take the like the hot baths in the in the shed. It's just a bizarre film. Yeah, because this guy, this guy maybe just... maybe watch that again. Like, yeah, like, it's Ode to Joy or something it's called. Uh, okay, I don't, nice. it, this guy called him up and said, I'm a fan of yours. Would you come and take acid with me in the woods? <laughs> sure, no and problem. It's very uncomfortable to watch that one, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not. It wouldn't be good with anybody else in it, you know. And then you put me onto the video of oh, one of my favorite songs. But there's an as a, an initial video for that, which is quite joyful and completely different recording than I, I, I see a darkness. I, I see a darkness exactly. Yeah, it's like this bouncy, joyful thing where they're oh yeah playing with the camera. Yeah, yeah. When they're in Glasgow, yeah. Well, I've got a, I got his new album. Uh, it's somewhere up here. I, it's okay, nice. on limited red vinyl, and I, I bought it. That's a brilliant. Like, missed, narrowly missed out on the signed copies. You bought it down here. Yeah, yeah I bought it from Res- no from Domino Records. They sent it to me. Like, nice. I was so happy, man. I opened it up. It's like it's beautiful. Put it on, man. Fuck it, shit. <laughs> it's not good. Like, really, it's not good, man. So this is the one he's been making. He hasn't made an album for a long time. The no, last one he made, Wolf, Wolf Roy comes to town, was brilliant. Yeah, I can't. It's so, it's just so corny and derivative and, and it, it, it's just, for me, it doesn't work. But I read an interview with him and it did sound like it was not forced, but didn't, yeah. He wasn't sure what he was doing or where it was coming from. Yeah. And they were going to make themselves record. So maybe it's different. Maybe it's that. I mean, it's just too country and, and it's not, 
I'll play it to you later on. It's it's not my thing, man. And it- but also, he's an artist. It's interesting because when we speak about your journey at times, you're trying to define what you should be doing next sometimes. And, you know, you have always a lot of creative energy. Yeah. And maybe you try and tame it at times. Yeah. But the way he goes back through his catalogue and records things in completely different styles is interesting because yeah. not many people do that. Many people have, okay, that's that song, you know. And he goes over and just, okay, maybe maybe we'll do a country or maybe we'll do this. Or yeah. Just gets a whole new group of musicians and plays he, the same song, but it's it's, it's an entirely different beat. He reinvents it. His lyrics yeah. are so bloody good though, man. I yeah, got his yeah. lyric book and it's utterly brilliant. Yeah. He's one of the best. Um, when you see him live, you can play the songs in many different ways, you know. He is, yeah, as contrived as it sometimes can seem with him. It's got to the point where it couldn't be any other way. It seems like only he could do it. It's not like somebody else could step into his shoes. It's a, it's a weird balance. Yeah. Between, because he, he created his, the reason he created Bonnie Prince Billy was because he didn't want to go out there and be William Oldham. He wanted to have somebody else to hide behind. Yeah. But that allowance to hide behind something that's given him the ability to be himself more than he could ever be as himself, which is a bit of a weird one. Yeah. And we both have that as well. It's, it's yeah, do you, give yourself a project name and have a concept and are you more creative or does it allow you to do more or are you tying yourself in by that? Oh. And in the end, it's it's nonsense. You should just produce a load of songs and if they group together differently, you know, if yeah. at the end of the year you have 30 songs instead of 10 yeah, and the three albums sound completely different, that's, who cares? That's it's great. It's a high-class problem, that one. <laughs> yeah, but if you try and define that before you create them, then that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my biggest problem is uh, just allowing myself to be, you know... Well, you talk about performance. Um, when you perform, do you try or do you not try? So I guess performance... So one, re- one reason I've stayed in Berlin this past year has been to mm. perform more. Yeah. Um, this is low-level stuff in a way. It's It's the open stage scene in Berlin. But it's a great level, to be honest. People are very talented. Yeah. And a lot of different things going on. It's a lot of people with guitars, as those scenes are. But yeah, some of it's very, very good. But for me, it's been a case of practicing. Yeah, I'm somebody who came to performing or to bring my music out of the bedroom at age 32 or something. So Mm -hmm. it's not that I wanted to perform ever. I was quite happy never doing that. Yeah. But at the end, you're not sharing your music. You're not interacting with the kind of people who you might be friends with all these things you know yeah. you're again being true to yourself does include outputting these things and letting them flow through you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so no I want to do that as purely to the song that came and that moment that came as I can on stage yeah yeah yeah. and I do that for sure and yeah people say that to me so it's, it's in that respect I'm very that's open it, to just man. going there and that's know. a reason to do it yeah you're just opening that a particular wound at the time or whatever it is and you're and just living in the moment I'm very too. I say I'm very good because I see people not doing this but that moment is that moment yeah and I have no preconceptions on what it should be so I work mostly with a guy who plays double bass yeah and for those five minutes the last time we played it was just one it was a ten minute slot so I decided to just do one song and give him way more freedom nice and just do yeah. stuff. and we played it twice on the Saturday I think he'd never heard it so it's just about that moment. And that moment for me is, it's what I would like to experience watching music. It's something yeah. happening. Yeah. You know, I remember thinking, you know, I left London five years ago and moved to Portugal. And yeah. 
people experience music very differently in some cultures and that shouldn't even be a separate culture but in Ireland and England like a festival is a very passionate place and you know there's either acid or alcohol or there's there's things happening to enhance the experience but everyone yeah. wants to really feel something or really go crazy and in Portugal it's much more reserved in that sense they go I'm, I'm just doing a massive blanket sweep here of course but I'm just saying I remember the time when bands started becoming factory produced things not the best bands in the world but just generally going to a festival and watching you know like from 7pm to 10pm or whatever mm-hmm. it was young guys who had come from a school you know they're very good very technical they'd recorded the album maybe they got signed you know rehearsed a lot recorded the album they had no idea what to do with an audience there was nothing happening that wasn't on the record yeah it was yeah. note for note for note and if there was no response from the crowd which in this outdoor festival I used to go to in portugal there really wasn't much response from the crowd and it was just such a flat experience because the musicality had been honed into a product and they were just not even gifting the product. The product was just being displayed, basically. Sterile. And that's, yeah. It became sterile, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying their rehearsals <clears throat> or their energy or, you know, what they're capable of was sterile. But to be able to be there and be very natural and give people your whole self, you have to let go of trying to be perfect because it's not about being perfect. It's yeah, about it. the energy in that room or in that place at that time. That's the bit, yeah. man. You have to let go of trying to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, is, I've is there such a coward, thing as a mistake? Like, pff, no. No. Like, who cares? It's, a, it's an opportunity yeah. to try something new. If I see somebody else making a mistake, it only bothers me if they apologise for it or if they, you know, start talking about it or if they stop and start again. Yeah. That's just that moment. Like, Humanise your mistake, yeah. Sure, if, I mean, by all means. It's, it's their thing and that's that's also fine. But I'm just saying, yeah. I had to learn that myself through my own experience. Like, what, would I, what do I want to see? Yeah. You know, if I have a cold or my nose is blocked, I don't want to talk about it because I'm not bothered if somebody else is. Like, I can hear it when you sing if you're blocked or not, so that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that's, we should be enjoying it. If we're not, they won't. Or if it's an angry song, I should be experiencing that yeah, at that yeah. moment, you know? Don't apologise, yeah. No, and go there with it. Yeah. Do you, and therefore, so you, my rhythm is, you know, you're a professional musician and I'm not. I've come to this through writing only. Yeah. So if I am angry and the song has passion, you know, my rhythm gets faster or I start missing notes or... So if I start worrying about those things, I'll pair it back to such an extent that I've lost the reason the song came to me and then yes. I can't give that to anyone else. I, 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 t- I totally... Yeah, I, 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 when I came here, I wanted to get singing lessons. I was like, I'm going to get singing lessons. I went to this guy. I, I w- walked into his room. I've been fucking smoking in the room, which is weird, man. He's like... That's incredible. Good man. Okay, great. You're my singing coach and you just wow. finished a cigarette and the yeah, room yeah. was full of smoke. And that was totally strange, but he said, play a song. I played a song and he, and he asked me how I've been busking and stuff. That you know, I had a good voice, good song. Voice was a bit rough. Sound like I've got nodules, all this sort of shit. And he goes, I'm going to teach you to sing so that you can maybe achieve this sort of grit, but it won't be so emotionally satisfying. So I don't, I don't take singing lessons anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, but this is the amazing thing. Like, I remember moving to London and realizing that, you know, you know, a lot of people will still watch Britain's Got Talent and these shows and, yeah. you know, somebody wants to just sing a song and then sign a million pound contract or something. But, you know, our, the cities in England are full of incredibly talented dancers, singers, you know, people who work, I don't know, three shows a day, six days a week. They're performing, 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 keeping yeah. fit, keeping healthy. It's a hard lifestyle and they're creative and they're productive. 
but that kind of singing has never touched me mm-hmm. you know you can sing notes beautifully perfectly mm-hmm. with that theatrical sense you know it doesn't do anything it doesn't you know if we are wavelengths and we are energy that doesn't touch my energy for some reason they're going through the motions yeah yeah and it's yeah. nice to hear something beautiful so yeah so th- this guy was like you need to learn this rufus wainwright song but do you think you have nodules then i mean ah maybe that's grand though i mean rod stewart's voice is as gritty as fuck because he's got nodules man no worries a little bit i'd say <clears throat> not, yeah. not they're not they're just a little bit of something perforations on the vocal cords green tea probably it's yeah, he's like, you need to learn this Rufus Wainwright song. I'm, I'm really not a fan of Rufus Wainwright. I think he's talented, but that's not the kind of talent I would aspire to. Yeah. And I was like, at first I was like, okay, this is cool. And I, I went off and tried to learn it. but It didn't, I'm not that kind of singer. Now, I think Rufus does get a lot of himself through the way he sings. It's, it's pretty impressive. I, I think I've seen him a couple of times. Yeah. Again at festivals, but he's very true to himself again. Yeah. It's, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah, he's himself in the moment. Yeah. But if I tried to sing like that, I wouldn't be being myself. It'd yeah. be so contrived. It wouldn't work. I don't know what the word cabaret means at the moment, but in terms of it sounds like a, you know, yeah. New York lounge room. It's beautiful stuff. But yeah. I mean, the idea is to expand your range in that sense, right? If you're going to learn that kind of thing. It doesn't yeah. have to be what you love doing, I guess. Yeah, there were some, I mean, there's a lot of breathing involved and, and yawning in. Because when you yawn in air, you fill your lungs in a split second. Okay. So at the end of every vocal thing, if you can make yourself effectively yawn, you don't have to go, <gasps> you just go, and your lungs are full. That's that's a tip there I'm for anybody. In. Nice. Yeah, you just fill your lungs up. But uh, I, All I'm doing now is trying not to yawn because you've said the word. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so, I didn't want to lose that emotional thing. I don't care if I've got nodules. I don't care if my throat rips out. I need that. You know. Do you think... I don't think you're going to unlearn that by learning some different techniques. I think vocal distortion for me comes from the need to be pained and to express it. Vocal distortion doesn't come from making a conscious decision to stretch this bit like this and breathe in a certain way. Some awareness of it is a good thing, but I need that. I need that. You know, that's part of the performance, the being in the moment, the availability of that moment, you know. Yeah. And translating that original energy to other people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing, man. People always said when I sang before, they have the hairs would be risen on the back of their neck. Exactly, and that's like, oh, cool, okay. So something, something else has happened there. It's yeah. not just. And the trouble is when you're playing to say a cold audience. You know, we, we're not. I don't have three hundred people coming to a room because I'm there. Yeah, right. So you can be very, very angry maybe with a song. I'm saying this because that's less acceptable for a lot of people. You know, that might really affect two people in that room. But that's enough anyway. That's, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like you're not, if you try and please 100 per- people in that room, if there's 100 people there, I mean, what would you write for that? You know, that's not what we're writing for. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd be true to it. Yeah, like more people might like the beautiful soft song, depending on the room. But you have to go where the song came from, I think. Yeah, you've got to go for the ones who really... If you get someone who really likes what you do and you can get a collection of them, you can have a career. That's know. it. And, you know, with the internet, that's what's open to us. The whole world is there. It's there. To tap into it's somehow. there. And yeah. this is, so for you, for the next year, this is what you're going to do, I presume. You've got a product, an EP. Are you going to release the EP? I will release it. I'm not sure on what level Yeah. that is. I don't see, I almost don't see the point in just throwing that at Spotify with no audience and expecting something. So that, I think my yeah. idea was like, it's an EP with four tracks. So I think three or four of those 
<clears throat> to a smaller audience with a physical product and buying into a real, the real artistry of the whole thing and build a smaller following that way and then do something else. Yeah. What you need is mailing lists, emails. Um, apparently that's the goal and you get that through making a product, going, playing gigs and uh, yeah. selling them. See, selling your EP like that. And, you know, Instagram and all these things that we shy away from quite easily. Yeah. Instagram is, yeah. yeah, Facebook is still a very valid form of communication. This is the thing, valid form of what? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, what uh, is it? Yeah, exactly. I know. It's I really struggle with it, but I can't. We both do, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't mind putting myself out there, but I don't want to put myself out there. You know, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit like that for me with it. But it's not, I, I... But then we both have our moments where we, we do share and we're fine with it and then we walk away from it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, I I think the, the goal is to find a plan that works, stick to the plan that works and fucking consistency, man, and something will happen. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I like, I'm consistently inconsistent. That's that's my only achievement, consistency. But you're consistently creating, so that's... I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just seeing if I could, well, I'm, New Year's resolution. Ooh, really? Well, nice. I, no, I made it last week, so it doesn't count. Like, it's not, okay. it's not related to New Year's. In fact, I made it a couple of weeks ago. And when I when I went through the whole motion of, I got a publishing deal. I uh, I, I think great on my basis of my acoustic music. These guys love what I do. I turned around and said, actually, I'm going to change my name and uh, I'm going to make this bizarre fucking music because absolutely nothing to do with what the publishing deal is about <laughs> because that's what I need to do. And I'm like, that's so wrong. Like that's that's it's a career. And also, it's quite fucking good. So yeah, and, and so I went through the motions of that. Then I came, and I, and I knew I was derailing myself, and I was run by the saboteur. Essentially, I've, I've discussed this in a previous podcast, but I my resolution is to actually stick to doing what I'm doing for the next three years. But in terms of, so what you're saying is, this publishing deal currently, the discussions and the signing of that was based on a singer songwriter type output. You think? I don't know if it was, to be yeah, honest. I didn't, I didn't. But they get they, that from me at the time. No, yeah. but I think that they're mostly set up in that world, and they're quite useful in that regard. And and also, personally, I feel that I love that stuff, even though I maybe don't. I don't know. I like other stuff, but for myself to express myself, I, I fall in love with that. Yeah. The other stuff is just too contrived for me. Exactly. So it's a pure way of expressing yourself. Yeah. I keep coming back to it, man. I surround myself with loop pedals and. And then I, I separate the guitar and the voice. I try to make something proper. I put so much work into it, it just sounds like bollocks. At the end of the day, if you hang a mic and sing, you are going to get that emotion, you know. You are. And <clears> then <throat> if that's not, you know, producing what you think should be happening in terms of the gratification or the audience or the, you know, remunerification of money coming in as well. Yeah. Then maybe we build a fear of doing that because it's seems not the right way or it's not giving us what it should give back yeah there is you're exposed at that moment you know it's not a project it's not a perceived sound it's you it's you i know and that's the problem i'm having now maybe you can build an aversion to being that because it hasn't brought what it yeah would have hoped for i totally agree with that and i think if it had any traction whatsoever and started to work i'd be like of course this is what i should be doing yeah but i I do flip-flop and there but that's the fear and the problem i have and it is actually quite a big problem is i'm not playing live and uh I think it's because I think, oh, no, I'm too old and I've got to go into a room with loads of Ed Sheeran sounding kids and stuff like that. They need that. That's the other thing. People need to hear a diverse range of music. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, the internet is huge 
cavern of incredible sounds. But on the other hand, somehow, the companies and media are still throwing a very narrow yeah. you know, selection of music at people in general. Yeah. So yeah, you need to get out there and show people yeah. So yeah, the demons are creative form of writing and, and performing. I've created a lot of end of level guardians, but to be honest, I need to figure out why I'm creating them, not beat them. You know? It's it's it seems a bit like that to me. Um, yeah. And I think we do create fear, we create all these barriers that only us can see, you know. Absolutely. And we both have a you know, a feeling or a perceived notion that in London where we both lived on and off for a long time, you for longer in the end the scene of going out and playing songs at like an open mic or a lower level things there, it's quite tough because it's full of ego as that well. battleground for the which ego. Which is yeah. not where we want to be. Yeah. You know, we want to be pure to music on a different level to that. Yeah. And that's difficult. But I think now you're in Brighton, that could be a different feeling in these evenings. I'm not it sure. It could be. I think that, uh, it could be. I think what actually happens is that I think even when I was living in Ireland, I didn't play. Um, and then I moved to London because I thought well, I'm going to go to London and I play and I did play yeah but I ended up playing other people's music and touring around I did make my own music but still there was still a fear of playing and then I thought well I'll leave London I'll come to Brighton I'm definitely going to play still not playing so I yeah there is still the, the, the issue is not where it's the why. have you experienced any nights here as no, an audience no 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 I don't want to do it <laughs> and why is that uh, so can you I don't know are you visualizing it happening, playing live? Um, no, I'm not. Okay. No, and I need to, and that's actually something I've been telling myself is just see it because I did. I did for a while. Thought come January, I'm going to be making money from touring. Right. And I obviously slipped off that particular train. It hasn't left the station yet though, so there's plenty of time to jump back on and have a fight with the conductor and throw the driver off and get you know become a new driver. But it's there. It's, it's what has to happen. Yeah, you need to be the driver. It, it has yeah. to be. I have to be playing live. I really just have to be playing live because that's where you make the connection. Yeah. That's where you road test your songs. That's where they come to life. At the moment, I'm holding them all in here and the boughs are heavy with weight of fruit that needs to be given. Yeah, and the trouble is when you get up to perform, you know, there are, all the rooms are different, all the energies are different and when you're not doing that very often, all of that affects how you are in that moment and that's battling with the song where where it should have come from and where it should be sitting and where you should be giving it to other people yeah you're battling all those energies at the same time for the more practiced you are at doing that you start to let go of the room itself and the thing and you create what you're supposed to create in that space but it, for me at least it does take practice it's yeah. like having your foot stuck in the mud and just moving it a little bit and going okay I'm out and then yeah. settling down it gets stuck back yeah. in the mud again yeah very hard to set free again you've been a professional musician playing other people's music in yeah. a wide variety of places so maybe you can atone to that really quickly as well just getting on stage I really think it's such a simple thing that I'm making a mountain out of you know yeah yeah I'm surprised it's this level of conversation I am even. Yeah. because I told I told myself that the answer was easy yeah. and it is but I've made it fucking hard because every day that I don't do it it gets harder it's like that's fear for you man yeah um, I'm, I, I, and I, I know that behind that door there is a beautiful experience or maybe behind the door after that door or whatever but that's the way to go man wherever your fears are that's where you got to go you know yeah but again this is yeah going back to the course I've just been on that, that's a craving for something in the future right so it's very I, much about here and now that's a, that's a difficult yeah. one isn't it man yeah. because you do have to go this is the only moment we're in this is it but then you can't but 
yeah. you maybe want to take care of the upcoming moment as well. It's preparation. But, 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 that, yeah. but that is, see, that's an interesting one because, okay, that move, progressing to that point does mean that the validity of this moment is increased, maybe somewhat, somewhat selfishly, maybe misguidedly needing to be, but there is that, it does exist. You can't yeah. negate that. But we, we do it. I meant, yeah, it just reminded me because you said, you know, behind that door or the next yeah, one, yeah, yeah. experience because we don't know when that beautiful yeah. experience will happen in terms of us giving a concert that, you know, pleases us to whatever level or is the right experience or... We don't. We, we, we have to enjoy each and every one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Or just approach each and every one of them as openly as we can. Yeah. I think we both had that. So we played together for the first time on the same evening. That's the last gig I did, man. In May. Um, maybe me too actually yeah. yeah I've played once since actually but just 10 minutes yeah but I think we had you know aspirations and against all our worldly teachings expectations of that evening that became vastly different on the night for each of us and yeah but that will happen on different levels always so yeah it's about getting up there and when you have 15 of those in a month it doesn't mean so much. Right? Yeah, because I radicalised that moment. But then if you had 20 of them, it wouldn't be radical at all. It would be just you another night. Couldn't give it that energy, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an interest. So that, that then your meditation is also about not giving energy to something like that and just going in the sort of serenest of the flow. Yeah. I mean, of course, this is a, you know, to the nth degree perfection of yeah. duration. But at the same time, it, it's relevant to just having some perspective at each moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but if you're, if you're, going after such a thing then surely you're craving it <laughs> going after it exactly so you're just yeah you practice because it's that moment and then naturally you're more ready to play yeah in, yeah, in a future that might arrive <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well so let's let yeah. roll on to the next decade man um, you're going to be playing a lot more in January playing a lot more I think um, yeah so I did become more of a music playing person in the last year and a half or so yeah but that's meant I haven't been working yeah so I'm not throwing lots of money at my musical career so I have a lot of favours um, which are becoming long held mm-hmm. <laughs> aspirations that haven't really come to fruition yet so I want to be in Berlin more to make things happen actually so I have this four track thing that we recorded with two amazing musicians and a great producer yeah but it's nine months or something and it's still not mastered so yeah, just hands-on approach to that end of things for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, it is a stepping stone, man. It's a stepping stone. There's, yeah. there's two musicians I want to play with a lot, but they are professional musicians and they need paying. So we need to, yeah. I need to step out of the, you know, talking about practice and singer-songwriter evenings, which in Berlin, which is different to London, I think. They actually have an audience, which is not just the other singer-songwriters of the night, which is yeah. great. That's a leap in itself. Yeah, yeah. But if I want to play with these other guys who are very talented, I need, you know, concerts where we're going to be earning money and yeah. giving, giving them, you know, the time so, that they've spent doing it, which is already, I'm honoured how much they've already given, you know. That's, that's your aspiration then, is to have paid gigs. Yeah, It's to step it up a level where there's, yeah. Me too, man. Happening. Yeah, Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. I want yeah. I want to be getting paid properly for playing. Yeah. Um, playing decent gigs and having a expandable future. Exactly. Yeah. Without desiring it. But that's it, whatever the future is, you, you can't tell. It might become something that you're not at ease with or isn't fitting well with how you are yeah. in, in May or June this year. Next yeah. year. You know, it just depends. But right now I feel I want to take it in that direction. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll do another gig then next year. Please, yeah, anytime. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. And you should visit Berlin for sure while I'm there. I really so, want to, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll come over. Come here. We'll do that, man. Yeah. Cool, buddy. Let's, um, I think we've been talking for a wee while there. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Could talk for hours. I know, which, man. Which we do, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. <laughs> we don't need microphones we, for we that. We might so. just be a bit somnambulant <laughs> for a while now, man. Yeah, should yeah. we go for a wander or something? Yeah, let's have some air. Yeah, yeah, hours. dude. Brilliant. All right. Thank you very much, Thank man. Thank That's nice. That is a pleasure. That is my good friend, Damien Flynn. Well, everybody, thank you so much for uh, listening to the first episode of Tapping the Flow. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed the topics that we were discussing there. I really hope you enjoyed listening to Damien speak. He's a very interesting person to have a discussion with. And I'm sure you could tell we could have spoken for a long, long time. Now, this is the very first episode. I am a newcomer to this. I would truly would love to get some feedback. Um, let me know what you think, you know, drop me a line, drop me, I'll leave a link for some comments if you really want to let me know what you think. If you've got any suggestions at all, I will happily look at them and learn from the process. Um, you can also find me on various social media platforms. You can find me on Instagram.com slash Stephen with a PH, William Hod. Uh, also on Facebook, Stephen William Hod. Uh, I am at StephenWilliamHod.com. And you can also find Damien Flynn's music. Uh, I really would love it if you check out Damien's beautiful EP, Build on Build, which you can hear at damienflynn.bandcamp.com. It is a, a really uh, stunning embracing of the rawness of performance, um, the live take philosophy behind creating something that is vital, uh, the inspiration from that and how you basically feed into what feeds you. It's a lovely cyclical journey. And truly, thank you so much for listening. I, I just want to wish you the most wonderful, buoyant and enlightening creative time. No matter whether you're a creative practitioner or someone who enjoys listening to creativity, it is within you. This is all about unlocking your potential as a creative being on this planet. Cheers. <laughs>